Tonight's episode of the Barrel Brothers Podcast is brought to you by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, so download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What did you do this past weekend? Um, I don't remember. I know, dude. With kids, uh, like it, the, <laughs> I don't remember what I did yesterday. I think, I think Hannah worked and we were here. No, we had a big like family event Tuesday. That was uh, that was my wife's. Um, that was my mother-in-law's sixtieth. Uh, I have no clue what you guys do. So my buddies came into town. Uh, one of my buddies, he's my roommate in college. He uh, he's in the state police academy right now. So him and his, or his wife and his son, they were out of town. So there's no point in him going home. So he, you know, the state police academy is like right down the road from me. So he stayed the weekend and then my other buddy came from DC. So they both came down and we, uh, we had a good old time, probably drank too much beer, but, um, we built a chicken coop. Ah, so the, remember I was telling you about that. Yeah. Yeah. It took us, uh, entirely way too long to do that. And I probably spent way too much money on wood, but, um, it was a good time. Good. Yeah. So I need to paint it now, but what's funny is, and I'm telling all my neighbors because they're asking, hey, what's that thing in the back of your yard? I'm like, oh, it's chicken coop. And they're like, oh, you're getting chickens. I'm like, uh, no, no, I'm not. I, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> That's every, ounce, <laughs> every ounce of my being, I wanted to go to Tractor Supply and, and buy like one or two chickens just to do it, just to see what would happen. And I think in the end, my wife would would learn to love them. Mm-hmm. I'd probably get a, an ash chewing or two. Well, do you think Evie would destroy the chickens or no? I'm willing to roll the dice. <laughs> <laughs> There's a county map to go with the wall of her. Let's stick in the shinty bowl to break the brack to crack and all. Let's call it an Irish pub. What is up, my whiskey drinkers? My name is David Parker, and with me, as always, is Brian Athey, my co host. And together, we are the Barrel Brothers. To our avid listeners and to our newbies who may be joining us for the first time, whoever you are, whatever time it may be that you're listening to this, whatever whiskey you like to drink, thanks for tuning in. We hope you guys enjoy the show. Tonight is our fourth and final Irish whiskey on this series that we're on. Um, Brian, how the hell are you, man? Good, man. I've been looking forward to this one since we came up with this, this March Madness, March Irish Madness uh idea um and if you guys out there are following any of the social media posts or anything uh i threw a little teaser up before we before david and i sat down together and started recording this episode that uh our fourth and final of the irish series is Redbreast 12 and it and we'll, we'll get into this with the history a little bit but it kind of comes full circle a little bit we started out with jameson Mm-hmm. And we ended with Redbreast. And um, I think it's 
Redbreast 12 year. Uh, it's a single pot still Irish whiskey. I think it's an excellent pour. I got to admit, I'm a little disappointed. Well, I, I wouldn't go as far as saying that I was completely disappointed or let down, but <clears throat> for the price point, I think the better pour of the four we've done this month is the Powers. Agreed. So at 26 to $30, I, I think pound for pound or grain for grain, your your Powers powers the gold label reserve is is your best bet i think for me that was the winner of the four but we we can get into that um later on um did you want to should we go over nosing and tasting notes before we do a history yeah all right what what so you rip the foil off i was do you have do you have any like okay this is kind of weird to ask any pre new pour rituals what do you mean? Elaborate on that. Okay. So for me, I know it's going to sound kind of weird, but um, I'll take the bottle uh, cork up and then just do 180 degrees and then give it like a little shake and then I'll rip the foil and then pop it, give the cork a sniff, pour it, let it sit for a second. Like there's kind of a ritual thing that I go through. And that, if that makes me weird, so be it. You've known me long enough at this point now that it shouldn't surprise you. Is that like a, like a dairy queen with the, with the um, blizzards where they tip it over. <laughs> More like LeBron James when he throws the powder in the air. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. No, I don't no, really I just, have any, I don't really have any rituals per se. I just pour it and drink it. Okay. So for me, I, you know, I'm, I think the neck pour is a very real thing. Um, so if it's the first pour of a freshly cracked seal, um, I tend to let it sit for, 15 20 minutes just to open up a little bit uh i know you mentioned you added a little bit of water to yours so i'm interested to hear your tasting notes before the water and after the water but um yeah i got a lot of it's sherry casks so of course you're gonna get some oak in there which is you know you got spice um call me weird uh citrus fruits pear and ginger ginger is interesting to me I can I can see where you get pear. Is that on the nose or the palate? Both. So on on the nose, I get a little dried fruit. Like on the label, it says a rich mix of dried fruit and spice. That's, I would say, a pretty good description. I mean, all all Irish whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> I get a little bit of fruit. Um, I think, and I've never been able to pick out apricot before. Maybe I'm mm-hmm. off base on that, but that's kind of what I was getting. But the most, and I wouldn't even say it's overpowering, but the, the biggest thing I got was a green, like a grainy barley mm-hmm. nose. And it's the first, the first I pour in the glass and then the first couple um, like sniffs, if you will. I, I don't know how to describe it else. It reminded me of when I, when I was a kid and I used to go up to my grandparents' um, hayloft to throw down mm-hmm. hay bales for the horses. And like you pick up a couple of hay bales and then you got all the, all the stuff like going in the air and getting in your face and nose. And it normally, you know, I was, I used to be allergic to hay pretty bad. Mm-hmm. It would make my eyes water and I start sneezing, but that's what it, the smell of just being that hay loft. That's what it reminded me of. Interesting. When you, when, and- when you talk about like nosing and tasting, you want it, you want it to be an experience or you can tie it back to an experience. That's, 
probably the first time it's happened for me. That's pretty cool. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I don't know if I have any distinct memories that stick out on the nose or the taste. So that's pretty cool. Thank you for sharing that. Um, but for me, the nose is sweeter than the taste. I don't know if you found that to be true too or not. No, I would agree with that. Okay. So yeah, I, I got um, sweet nose and then little peppery, little little heat, little barley, little oak um, on the palate. So again, I can't remember what I paid for it. Was it seventy bucks? No, I think it was sixty. Virginia ABC retail. 60 65 somewhere in there yes yeah, this was there. if this was a 40 45 dollar bottle it'd be a everyday buy for sure but um it's just a little too pricey for me to just drink all the time um i would definitely share it for folks that you know either are fans of it or have never had red breast 12 before so yeah the uh the finish on it 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 was a long finish and I think it was one of the more oily ones that we've had with, with Irish whiskey. It kind of hangs around a little bit for me. It stays under my tongue. Um, it just kind of makes me salivate just a little bit. I guess the old spit glands going. <laughs> and with, with the other, well, I think maybe Jameson on the mouthfeel, that's <laughs> such a, like a weird concept mouthfeel, but um, on the mouthfeel, I think it, Maybe correlates more with Jameson. Tullamore do. Are we pronouncing that right? Tullamore or Tullamore? Uh, either. I think it's either way. Tullamore do and Powers was real light. Yeah, for sure. And this, this is a little more heavy. Um, and Redbreast, they, their website, they have um, labeled this as like a, an every season whiskey. Okay, I can so see that. It's refreshing enough to cool you off in like the hot the dog days of summer. Right. But it, it's warm enough to keep you to keep you going when it like you know, when it's really cold outside in the wintertime. So I think I they're not off base with that. No, because it's it's not a barrel proof 120 plus where you're like, holy lord, don't okay, unless it's 10 degrees below outside, I don't want this. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I can see that being, I mean, it's a unbelievably popular pour. So uh, I, that, that, that rings true for me at least. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, it's a pretty good one. And I, I'm disappointed because I was expecting a lot from the price point. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And everything that we've heard, everybody have said before we started this, we're like, Hey, we're doing an Irish whiskey series in March. What are your recommendations? Everybody, everybody um, mentioned Redbreast Twelve, yeah, as like the the top dog. So I was a little disappointed in the taste. Uh, like like we both agreed though, it's it's a pretty good pour. Yeah, if that price point would come down, just I mean, because it has an age statement, I'm sure that has something to do with it. Um, because it, it's definitely one of the more popular ones, and um, much like Powers, uh, Redbreast falls into that Irish distillers. The the under that conglomerate of, I can never say this name right, uh, Per Noir Ricard. Sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> so just, you know, because I'm a sucker for a story and a little bit of history. Um, W&A Gilby, 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 um, found in 1857 in London. Um, and by the time 1861 rolled around, they had expanded to um, Dublin, which is kind of sweet. 
Uh, so they just what went northeast. Um, so their big thing was selling distill, uh, distillate to wine merchants and winemakers to mature in their casks under the Gilby um, labels. Okay, Gilby, what like a European ass name that is. <laughs> Again, for, for y'all that are listening and you know, um, let me know how this is actually pronounced. I don't know if it's Gilby or, or Gilby. Gilby. It's G-I-L-B-E-Y. Um, so continuing on their, their timeline, 1870. Man, this was so long. 1857, just think about that. That's insane. That's absolutely incredible. Um, so in 1870, they were known as wine importers and distillers with 300,000 plus gallons of whiskey um, under bond and sold under their own label. That's that's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to, like, we see a number, 300,000, 700,000, we see a number and it's, we're, uh, you're almost kind of numb to it. Yeah. You think, oh yeah, that's a lot. But like, people don't realize how much that really is. True. And you, especially nowadays when it's in the millions, like it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then just a quick note, this at the time was six year minimum in sherry casts. So I, I think that still rings true for today. It might be a little bit longer um, since it's designated as Redbreast 12, but uh, rolling into the early 1900s, 1903, um, produced using Bow Street Whiskey, um, JJ Liquor, uh, which was their 12-year um, bottled using similar shape and label as what we're drinking tonight, the Redbreast 12. So it's sort of considered that the JJ Liquor 12-year is the precursor, the preamble to the official bottling and labeling under the red breast name and what what's is, kind of what is hmm? jj what does jj stand for oh john jameson is that what it is yeah that's that's when i was like it comes full circle oh i thought the full circle was the irish distillers which is what jameson also falls under but yeah yeah i mean it's because it's we started out with jameson the first week and now we're in red breast and they they had a, a very close tie with john jameson's sons so, so this was completely because it's a circle. Oh, you can handle it, little man. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a square; it's a circle. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, 1968 kind of got into a little bit of a tumultuous time. So Irish distillers moved away from supplying bonded whiskey to uh, merchants, including these guys, Gilbies or Jobies, uh, caused kind of an uproar because Irish distillers owned all the Irish distilleries at that point. So they were robbing Peter to pay Paul, I guess would be a, a fair analogy. So they've already got one group that's getting ready to be shut down because their main business is getting ready to be taken away from them. Um, but after pleading with Irish distillers, uh, they let Gilby's um, continue selling their bonded whiskey for which became Redbreast 12. So it's kind of cool. And then we move into the seventies Um that's when Irish distillers closed everything and consolidated to the County Cork, uh, New Middleton distillery. Um, and then it was sold or sold to Irish distillers, um, in 86 and then reintroduced in 1991 as what we know today as Redbreast 12. Full circle. 
I did learn a really cool fact about the name where it came from. Did you, in your research, did you see any of that? Yeah, I did. It is a cool one. Uh, red breast refers to the bird. And, and I think it's not hard to, to understand that because it's got a picture of the bird right on the label. <laughs> well, so the name comes from uh, a chairman for Irish distillers who was an avid bird watcher. So I just thought that was kind of neat. Like, oh, red breast, because you know he was probably a port stoutly gentleman. And let's <laughs> pick on of- that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not fat. I'm just big bone. <laughs> yeah. My mom called me husky when I was younger. <laughs> but uh, when you think about a bird watcher, I just think of like the the dorky guy with the uh, with like the bucket hat and glasses and like the um, he's wearing the, a vest. The, yeah, the bird vest and binoculars with a bird book in his hand, mm-hmm. and he gets pissed when you when he when you ride your bike past him really fast. That's more of a specialized circumstance with me. <laughs> hey, if you're into bird watching and you know anything about red breasts, hit us up. Now that David kind of shit all over your hobby. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that, guys. Now, is there, I'm wondering, is a red breast the same as a, it's not the same as a robin, right? I couldn't begin to even pretend that I knew anything about that. I'm looking at the label and I feel like robins are red all around, not just on the breast. So maybe they are different birds. That's worth a good yeah. uh, Senator, we'll have to take that question for the record. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, this is a that's an awesome whiskey. Uh, this this whole experience has been pretty cool to me. They've got yeah. red breast. They've got the twelve year. The 12 year engraved, which I think is just like a special bottle. Mm-hmm. And then they have a 15 year, a 21 year, and a 27 year. Plus, they have some other different kinds of finishes, I think. Yeah. It was more of like a sherry style, like a true sherry style whiskey. But the 27 year goes for 500 euros. I'm assuming that's what that symbol means. What is that, like $750 US? Yeah, I don't know what the exchange rate is, but it's I think Should euros be. euros are more expensive, right? Than the US dollar. I think. I'm not sure. Either way, it's way too much for me to even think about buying. Yeah, I think in like when you when you get into older things, like we've mentioned this before, the older thing is it usually comes with a larger price tag. Yeah. This one, the 12 year, in my opinion, did not hold up to the price tag, like we mentioned, but you never know. The 27 year, it might. I'd give the 15 a run, but I don't know how much that is. I'm not sure it's 100, 100 plus. But I mean, that might be worth checking out at some point. But I just, this didn't light enough of a fire under me to be like, oh my God, I got to go buy every variation and expression of red breast. So I don't know. Um, it'll, the, the, I'll keep the bottle for a while. I mean, that's kind of every once in a while for I'd be interested to try you know, the, uh, I'd be interested to try the 12 year cash drink. You love that fire, hot belly gut rot stuff, man. Well, and I do, I do. And I don't like, I have a, I have a bottle of barrel proof. Well, several bottles of barrel proof right now on my, on my um, cart. There's a couple that I really like. And there's a couple that aren't, aren't so great. I'm not going to name names. You know who you are, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I really after we had the interview with Rick Ross Ramblings, 
And I think who was it? Mike that was saying it. He was saying, um, why are you paying the distilleries to water down your, your bourbon? And that right. makes sense. Like, so I think my viewpoint on barrel proofs have changed a little bit um, because of that. I mean, I've always been a fan of barrel proofs, but they're, I mean, harder, I, they're harder to find. Yeah. And they're just so much more expensive. And, and I know that we're talking about um, Irish whiskey tonight, but I came across a secondary listing for that Elijah Craig 18 year. Oh, yeah. $300 secondary. So it's like just over double the price. Cause I paid one thirty for it. Yep. That's so much money. So much money, but it, we'll see. I have one pour left of that. Mm-hmm. I have one pour and I'm saving it for a good opportunity. Nice. I think it's great. It's not, I don't think it's worth 130 bucks, but it's great. Yeah. Remember when we were talking about the San Francisco World Spirits competition? I knew you were going to bring that up. <laughs> so Red Rest, they won the gold medal in 2019 at the San Francisco World Spirits competition. Like we mentioned before, I feel like everybody has won something there. So I'm curious. We need to do some research into that. We might need to go. Maybe. Well, that wouldn't suck, but we could probably also send a quick email and be like, Hey, can you explain your uh, entry and your <laughs> winners? Uh, how that works? <laughs> like, is it like a participation trophy? Yeah. See that. That's an interesting question. But, I don't uh, think so. Redbreast also, they had some, not just the San Francisco ones. They also had, um, they won, they were the winner of the ultimate spirits challenge in 2019 and then they won the gold medal at the International Wine and Spirits Competition in 2018. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, people out there like it. It's popular. Um, I don't. I don't know that we'll get to a point where Virginia ABC will start allocating Irish whiskeys because I just don't think it's big enough of a thing. Thankfully, no. I could see this. I could see this one going for allocation at at some point if trends continue going the way they're going, but. Well, green, yeah. green spots that way right now, isn't it? Yep. Green, yellow, and blue, right? There's three of them. We talked about this earlier. Brian and I were chatting about green spot and um, some of our friends are going to send us some samples and I am kicking myself because I, I saw green spot in the store like probably six months ago and I just didn't think anything of it. Yeah. And then we decided to go on this journey and I was like, Oh, I saw a bottle of a green spot. And Brian's like, why did you not pick that up? <laughs> my exact words were damn it david <laughs> if i had a nickel for every time i heard that be a rich man i'm sure man. one of the coolest things and i think this is a good place to end this in this segment on one of the coolest things about red breast is their uh project wingman mm-hmm. which i don't really find it that cool per se but bird watchers you might really get a kick out of this um they had this this thing called Project Wingman. It's a limited edition to 2,000 bottles. Um, and it's proceeds go, I think 15 euros from each sale go to Bird Life International. It's a bird watching foundation of some sort. But it comes with um, the bottle purchase comes inside of a like an outer copper metal wire frame huh. that doubles. Like when you take the bottle out, the bottom of the of the copper frame and then you close the bottom of it and you fill it with bird seed and becomes the bird seed feeder or a bird feeder bird feeder. Huh? So I thought that was kind of cool. 
Um, I don't know that I would pay 15 extra euros for that. <laughs> but if you're into birds, you know, um, that's something cool. I mean, that now, I'm, you know, anything for a cause, anything for a legitimate cause. I mean, I just think as a conversation piece, that'd be kind of cool to have. Oh, yeah. And I'm, I'm all into, I don't want to get the lines blurred here. I'm all into conservation for wildlife. Um, but I'm just not really into bird watching. Some people are. My grandma likes to watch the hummingbirds outside of her front window, but. To each but, I feel, but I feel like your grandmother doesn't go out of her way to take a weekend to go bird like sightseeing mm. with birds. Truth. Yeah. I do love hummingbirds. That was my dad's mom's favorite. I believe or hummingbirds. My mother-in-law likes the Robin. I think it, because it reminds her of her mom. <laughs> so whenever I think, whenever I see a Robin outside, I always think of my mother-in-law. Yeah. Hey guys, this is Dave and Brian from the Barrel Brothers podcast. I'm not sure if you guys knew this or not, but Virginia was actually the birthplace of distilled spirits in America. And for those of you listening in the Richmond or Central Virginia area, we encourage you guys to get out and support our ever-growing base of craft distilleries. In particular, if you're looking for a great day out in the country, we encourage you to visit our friends over at Three Crosses Distilling Company. Yeah, and actually, David, our friends at Three Crosses Distilling Company are a family and veteran-owned craft distillery right in the village of Powhatan, Powhatan County. They're creators of multiple award-winning spirits, not to forget their highly decorated American whiskey. Their tasting room is a throwback to the classic neighborhood gathering place. Give Three Crosses a try. They'll quickly become one of your favorite hangouts. Also, don't forget to let them know that the Barrel Brothers sent you. As we all know, uh, Scotch and Irish whiskey are both deep-rooted in the sport of golf. And if you guys uh, want to know a little bit more about golf, tune in to First Tee Jitters podcast couple guys, amateurs talking about golf. Well, one, once I think is a pro caddy um, in South Carolina, but uh, anyways, um, there's some, one thing that I saw this week was pretty interesting. There's this thing called the 19th hole in golf. And Mm -hmm. that's really where, if you finish a round of, of round of golf, it's 18 holes. So after the 18th hole, you have a pour of whatever whiskey you prefer more times than not, it's scotch. And that's called the 19th hole. So on that, like in that spirit this year, Dewar's Scotch or is it Dewar's? Dewar's, yeah. Dewar's, okay. So Dewar's, they're partnering with the U.S. Open this year um, and they're releasing their 19 year Scotch um, at the U.S. Open in June of this year at Torrey Pines Golf Course in San Diego. Nice. I thought that was kind of cool. I'd never heard of the 19th hole. Mm-hmm. And that's, and then it's funny, haha, you know, Dewar's is releasing their 19th year. So, <laughs> yeah, I think the 19th hole is usually reserved for the clubhouse for, you know, jaw jacking and stuff like that after your round, getting something to drink and eat. But yeah, yeah you're more of a, you're more of a golf guy than I, um, you know, have you, have you partake, part, partook, partake in, um, in the 19th hole? I have on more than one occasion but it's usually because of a frozen snickers bar and a gatorade just won't do (laughs) (laughs) so some some courses have really nice restaurants but everything's been closed for the last year restaurant wise um more often than not you can't even go into the clubhouses to to pay 
um, the really? last few courses. Yeah, the last few courses I played, um, they had a square reader on like a tablet and you just swiped your own card. They pushed all the, you know, they did everything right there. But um, that's kind of one of the things I'm looking forward to is being able to go sit and eat freely and stuff like that um, whenever that time comes. But yeah, um, it's usually like, a lot of post-round commentary, like what you could have done better, what you should have done better, club selection, um, uh, shot placements, uh, course management and stuff like that. I was kind of bummed that I didn't get to say a whole lot more when we were on with first two judges. I, I mean, I had like a laundry list of things to talk to them about. I was going to do like <laughs> one of those lightning rounds, like favorite ball, favorite tee, you know, stuff like that. So hopefully we can, we get a chance to get back on with those guys. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think so. so um have you want you probably have never played at tory pines right no <laughs> might, might not ever get to play there <laughs> no probably not what is your what's your favorite golf course not that i know what you're talking about but just to the listeners who might be golfers what's your favorite golf course that i've played okay so like that i've played that's a bucket list that uh like what let's so let's break it down into two sections favorite course that you've played and then uh, course that you would like to play like your bucket list course oh man uh favorite course that i have played congressional and where's that maryland oh okay uh, in bethesda um they at&t used to host their tournament with the pga tour up there um so i was very fortunate to to be around a wonderful family um a few uh, years ago um and fun fact, so Friedman Billings and Ramsey used to host the FBR Open, which is now the Waste Management Open at Scottsdale. It's a PGA event. Uh, the young lady that I was hanging out with at the time, her uncle was or is Eric Billings of Friedman Billings and Ramsey. That's so cool. they were like, hey, we're going out for the last for the Sunday round. Do you want to go with us? And I had had finals or something Monday or Tuesday that week and I passed. I did not get to go once in a lifetime opportunity and i i shit the bed but it's it's fine <laughs> you blew it <laughs> yeah but base um, management they just had that a couple weeks ago right yeah yeah that's the big loud one at the um at the scott at the um uh, oh the stadium course in scottsdale it, it gets real rowdy on one of those holes one of the part threes oh uh, okay um, but bucket list course, I mean, everybody probably would either say Pebble or St. Andrews or Turnberry or um, Sawgrass or something like that. And I mean, it would be one of those. Um, Beth Page Black was a lot of fun. Guys, the first teachers will probably know a little bit about Beth Page Black. I hosted a ton of PGA events there. I think the U.S. Open was there and I can't remember what year, but um, that was an intimidating course. We just, we, we walked that one. We didn't get a chance to play it, unfortunately, but that was, that was impressive. It's like playing uh, the Tiger Woods PGA tour golf video game. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was pretty wild. Um, bucket list course that I would absolutely have to play before I died. Damn. I don't know. Probably. I'd probably say St. Andrews just because it's like the birthplace of golf. Yeah. So I've played uh, golf at the Lexington Country Club in Lexington, Virginia. And then um, when I was living, <laughs> when I was living in uh, in Radford during the summer, there really wasn't anything to do. So 
a couple of guys that I worked with, they were big golfers and I was like, yeah, I'll drink beer with you. So um, <laughs> I went and played in, in like, I had, I had a lot of fun. I'm not good, but I had a lot of fun. So if you guys are um, the listeners out there are, you know, venturing to the links at some point in the near future, pick up a bottle of Dewar's 19 year scotch and, and act like you're at the U S open. <laughs> I think I might try to never be there. Yeah, I think I might try to get my hands on one of those just to just to check it out. But it had a pretty cool bottle and it's um eighty dollars retail, so a little high, but like we said before, scotch is always a little higher. Yeah, a little bit more goes into it. Yeah. But speaking of uh things to be released and up and coming, should we should we take this opportunity to share with our, our friends and family about some of the developments for the Barrel Brothers podcast? Absolutely. So we uh, we bought two domains. So um, my I again I call this guy my brother uh, Daniel, who we also need to have on at some point in the future. Maybe maybe in April we can get him on because he knows a fair amount of what we're going to cover in April. But um, he's sort of taken us under his wing for website development and stuff like that. So we'll have a uh, we'll have a, a website coming for you guys in the future, and it'll have. Uh, a little bit about us, um, some links that you can visit, some reviews that we'll have up there. Um, and the big thing is, and some some folks have asked already if we're going to do merch, um, t-shirts and hats and koozies and coasters and stuff like that are coming uh, soon too, once we can settle on a printer um, and some design ideas. But uh, we're, we're pretty excited. We're looking forward to, to what 2021 and 2022 how, uh, holds for us. So it's 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 some exciting times, a little bit outside of our comfort zone, but you know, we, we can tackle, we can tackle pretty much anything. So I know David's super, super pumped with all the, with all the new developments and stuff like that for our, for our growth and progression. So if you have been with us since the beginning, we can't, we can't thank you uh, enough and we appreciate y'all so much. So. Yeah. Um, like Brian said, merchandise coming soon, touring around with some different models and, proofs and all these different kinds of things but one thing that did came in uh we we got some that's my watch is going off um we got some cool whiskey glasses in um the kenzie dram so i don't know if you guys knew this but some of the glasses that we like to use are called glen cairns and it's a pretty popular um glass to drink whiskey with there's actually a shortage of glen cairns right now so we decided to go with a different style um, Kenzie Dram, it's I guess the up and coming new popular one, but got our logo on it. They look freaking dope. Can't believe I just said dope too. Um, on the air. <laughs> well, we'll edit that out. <laughs> no, we're not. But it doesn't surprise me that the Glen Carmens are in shortage because, you know, like John, we were talking about with John at Three Crosses that bourbon, scotch, and whiskey and rise have become the adult version of beanie babies this is like the cool and acceptable thing to to catch all the rave now so um but i i think the most important thing about the glass design is that it's similar where it sort of bells at the bottom and then pushes all of that good stuff towards the top all of the the, the scents and notes and things like that so i think we've have we teased uh, a sample of what they look like or what yeah, I posted a picture on uh, on the Instagram page and I tagged the the company that that made them, and they they will be going on sale in the near in the the near in the near future. 
will be going on sale. We're going to wait a little bit to try to get some, you know, the website up and running and that kind of stuff. But so stay tuned. Yeah. And do we want to take this opportunity to give a shout out to the glassware company that, yeah. that helped us, hooked us up? Absolutely. Distillery products, um, their wholesale dealer, Janie, the CEO of brand marketing. Uh, she is great. She honestly was emailing me back and forth when we were discussing the design until about one o'clock in the morning. So if there's a company that has better customer service, I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you, awesome um, people to deal with. Do you have uh, do you want to, do you feel comfortable plugging uh, her email online or do, should we include it in the post? I don't, I will put it in the post. I don't think I have okay. it right now. You reach out to her. I mean, she got us squared away, you know, as quick as a hiccup. Oh God. There's that old Southern boy. <laughs> You're showing your age there, old man. I know. Shut up. <laughs> do we, uh, are we clear to keep going or do we need to take another quick break? No, we can keep going. Okay. So April and May, we have some pretty awesome things coming, coming to the listeners and our way. Uh, so you kind of had an awesome idea for April. You want to elaborate on that or should we go through our three favorite bourbons that we have right now? So April is going to be dedicated to what we call unicorn bottles. And I think we mentioned this before, but it's not necessarily like the most rare things, but it's the most rare things to us being in central Virginia where we don't get a lot of things. Yeah. Um, we're not going to, I'm not going to tell you what we're going to be trying and, and reviewing, but Brian off of your collection right now, what are the top three bourbons you have? Um, so I kind of took it in a different direction. Okay. Uh, one bottle that means the most one bottle that I would buy again, regardless of who made fun of me. And then one that sort of, I guess, well, I guess mid tier. Uh, okay, so the one that, that yeah, the one that I would buy relentlessly and I know you're going to make fun of me. Old granddad bottle in the bond. <laughs> what a loser. Old granddad. <laughs> no, I got to give it to you. That's um, I didn't, I did not like the pour when I had it, when you, when we did that blinding review, uh, I, I knew it was going to be in there, but I did not like it. It's just, it just doesn't, doesn't light the fire in my groins, you know? Yeah. But for $20 for a bonded whiskey or bourbon, it, it's kind of hard to beat. But uh, so the bottle that has the most meaning, um, probably the Willet pot still. I got that as a gift from, from Senior Parker, my, my, my partner in crime. Um, and then the one that I have and would not buy for myself and now I can't live without is the H. Taylor small batch for sure. Yeah. So uh, before I flip to you and ask what yours are, <clears throat> I was, you know, David and I made a pact at the beginning of March that we weren't, there weren't going to be no new purchases. <laughs> <laughs> So I've been on a Bellmead kick and a Pinhook kick. So three bottles of Pinhook showed up today. Um, I bought my second Bellmead yesterday. Um, I've got a Knob Creek 15 coming tomorrow. Hopefully if UPS doesn't drop him at the wrong house again, my poor neighbor, not Ooh. the strongest. Yeah, not the strongest fellow. He carried that box of three bottles heavily packaged across the way. Um, hey, your neighbor's a good fella. Yeah. Is that, Those could I, have been gone. If I had any, any any inkling at all what was in the, that box, I would have kept it. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, and I'll add a fourth bottle. 
to, to what you said. Um, Noble Hound Dark Rye for Virginia local craft for Virginia distillery. Yes, for the dark, uh, dark hound. Noble Hound Dark Rye. Sorry. But what, what you got over there, man? So I think I like what you did. The uh, you would buy the bottle every single time, no matter who made fun of you. Mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna have to go with very old Barton with that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think their their uh their hundred proof is good, but their eighty six proof is even better. Yeah, for sure. The the most elusive bottle that I have right now, I think you can probably guess, is the Blanton's Gold. I have not yep. opened it yet. Yep. It is burning a hole in my pocket, my 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 friend. I don't think you should wait. I think you should open it. Oh, I really want to. Um, and then probably the other nice bottle that I probably would not buy again um, would be that Willet Family State, the four-year rye. Okay. It's very good. But I'm getting a little a little reminiscent now on the mm-hmm. Elijah Craig 18. I have one pour left. I actually had it one last night, and I, I could have stretched it to be one big pour, but I was like, mm, no, I'm going to keep it and have one one final one final pour of that, but one last hurrah. <laughs> the last Alamo. So I think those are my picks. What would you do for uh, Virginia craft distillery? What would you pick? I mean, we've done Malarkey. We've done Ragged Branch. We've done three crosses. Uh, we've done Bowman. What of those four or five would you select as something that you would, you'd go to all the time? Honestly. So I love, Three crosses, they're uh, Noble Hound Dark Rye. It's excellent. Yeah. And But what I've been drinking a lot recently is the Cactican Creek uh, Roundstone Rye. Okay. At 100 proof. I think that's great. I haven't had that yet. Yeah, it's good. I would, I would definitely buy it. And it's, and it's for a Virginia Craft Distiller, it's relatively cheap. Nice. I have to check that out. I, I need to – I should – well, they had the small uh, – the liquor store I went to yesterday before dinner, they had quite a nice selection. It's in, it's in the, the Bon Air side of, uh, of Richmond, but um, I found the Cognac cask XO finish Bellmead there for retail. Um, they had the small batch Bowman single barrel and the port finish all for retail, which was pretty cool. Oh, did you get the single barrel? No, but they had three of them. So I think I might take a drive this weekend. Something tells me, like where they're placed you can't even see them so mm, okay if you're out that way by joe's in go go take a peek yeah i think um well i have to wait i told myself that i was not buying anything in the month of march but then of course i drew the blanton's gold so i had to purchase that but i other than that i have not purchased a single thing in the month of march so i gotta wait until next thursday which is april 1st that's when I can go back to the ABC store. <laughs> yeah, I failed miserably. I, th- I don't even think I made it a week into March. <laughs> I think it was five days. Maybe. Maybe <laughs> five or six days, but that's fine. It's not made Coke. It far. You're it's right. Not it's not Coke. Meth. You know, it's not any of that, but yeah. And they also had six bottles of uh, Crown Royal Peach on the shelves too with no minute, with no maximum. Yeah, I've seen a lot of those. Um, one of the stores... No, matter of fact, when I went in to pick the Blanton's Gold, they had a full shelf of Blanton's Peach, or Blanton's Peach, uh, Crown Royal Peach. Nice. Uh, so kind of, I've been thinking about it while you were talking. 
going back to some of the stuff that I've gotten recently, um, Prav Saraf from uh, DuPont Wines or something like that, P Street. Um, Prav's Picks, he's he's got it going on, man. Um, I've been able to get a few of his recently. Um, and one of them is new riff. So I'm excited for that. And what sold it on for what sold me on it was the props pick sticker. It's got Zach Morris on his eighties cell phone. And that was right in my wheelhouse as a kid. I love saved by the bell. So you got, I didn't know you got a new riff store pick. Yeah. 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 Man. I got one of those. Um, do you have it now? Or has it not come in yet? No, I here. Hang on. I'm going to step away. Oh, cool. I, I have seen nothing but new riff on all social media platforms. I'm, I'm pretty eager to try it. It's got a really cool bottle, like a long me, neck bottle. Let me start the video real quick. Here we go. So here's the, here's the new riff label. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Super sick. Yeah. Um, and then, so I actually found somebody that had an old scout straight bourbon whiskey store pick. What have you been holding out on me for? Check that out. Corona Lisa. <laughs> with the it's, the Mona, it's the Mona Lisa with a uh, N95 on. <laughs> yeah, I've had these for a couple weeks. You have been holding. I didn't know you had those. Yeah, I've had them for a couple weeks, man. Maybe I'm, I'm super pumped. I can't remember. Uh, oh, I don't know. Maybe. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I've been. Oh, I we I found uh, Sir, um, Prav also had smoke wagon small batch on sale so That's i picked right. two of those up so i have i have one of those for you um and then smoke wagon straight bourbon i think we've talked about that already but yeah man i've got some good pickups lately i'm excited for that now creek 15 too because that i'm i can't bring myself to buying that smoke smoke maple or whatever the hell knob creek that is no, i can't I, I would highly advise not doing that. I know you will not like it because I've had it before. Yeah. It's way too much. I can't do it. So I would put um, that in coffee. Ugh. Just like a little bit because it is so sweet. You can get check your blood sugar after you drink it. I think yeah. I feel like it's going to be when I go in the store next Thursday, the, uh, the April 1st. I feel like I'm going to blow my whole paycheck because <laughs> I haven't been in other than the Blantons. I have not been in the store and it's, you know, I take a new route to the gym every day just so I don't pass the, the ABC store. Yeah. I'm probably going to blow some of that stimulus check. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't get one and that's fine. Oh, really? Yeah. We don't get one. Cause you, uh, you're over the threshold. Thanks a lot. I Adjusted gross income. <laughs> you guys stimulate that economy. All you listeners, go out there and buy bourbon. Or I read something the other day. It was everyone is spending their stimulus checks on alcohol, uh, sex toys, ammunition, and firearms. <laughs> no better way to, than to uh, stimulate the economy. America. That's right. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap it up. Um, Barrel Brothers rating system. What do you give Red Breast? Uh, two and a half out of five, I think. Just Ooh, if it were really low, low, if it were a, a if if it were a lower price point, it'd probably be in the three to three and a half barrel range. But it just that's too much money for something that it didn't completely knock my socks off. When you've got Powers, that's you know twenty eight bucks. That is, I think, a 
head and shoulders above this. Yeah, I went two point. I went a little high. Two point seven barrels out of five. Whole numbers are for rookies, Brian. Although you went two and a half, so that's. I went two and a half. Um, cool. Well, there you have it, guys. Red Breast Twelve. Uh, if you are really big into Irish whiskey and want to want to fork out the sixty bucks, go buy you a bottle. As always, friends, uh, please drink responsibly. Don't drink and drive. Don't drink in boat. Don't drink in scooter. Don't drink in uh, kayak. Kayak season's coming around the corner. It's going to warm out. It's go almost fishing. time for river fishing. Yeah, that's right. So don't drink. Well, I guess you can drink and fish. Just don't drink in boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can drink and fish. Just don't drink and boat, and don't don't operate anything with a motor that could potentially yeah. hurt somebody. Don't try to load your boat on a trailer either. <laughs> <laughs> Are you speaking from personal experience? No, but I've seen things. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, call a friend, call a cab, call an Uber. Um, make good decisions, make smart choices, and as we always preach at the end of the, every episode, drink what you love and love what you drink. Hey guys, this is Dave from the Barrel Brothers Podcast. Are you interested in commentary for the average golfer? If so, head on over to the First Tee Jitters Podcast. That's the First Tee Jitters Podcast, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.